Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. To say that marriage is hard is an understatement. And as divorce is on the rise in our culture, it's easy to lose sight of God's original intent and design. God created this relationship and has given us tools to ensure that it not only survives, but thrives. And through His help and guidance from His Word, we can work to eliminate the issues that are threatening our relationships and to move our marriages to a place of real and lasting health. Good morning, church. Let me hear you, man. Ain't you excited to be in church today? Hey, we are so glad that you're here, man. It's going to be a, it already has been an awesome day. That worship set, oh my goodness. Straight fire up in here today, isn't it? Uh, hey, next week when y'all come in here, it's going to look a lot like Christmas around Venice Church. And I'm excited. We, we move into our Christmas series, which is going to take us through the end of the year. And I cannot wait to teach you the things that God has been teaching me as we finish out 2019 and share with you some really cool things that God is doing in our church, some doors he is opening because it's, it's about to get crazy, okay? But in the meantime, we're going to finish up today a series called By a Thread. Our hope has been throughout this series, let's bring marriage back from extinction because we believe it is still ordained by God and from God in a beautiful, powerful thing when it's done his way. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But to do that, we got to do it his way. And so we've been leaning into the truth of God's word. And we, we, as we conclude this series today, we cannot do a marriage series without you hearing from two of my favorite people. Chris and Nikki Foster have been a part of our church for several years right now. And, and maybe you haven't had a chance to meet them, but they are so meaningful to my life, my family, our staff, and to many of you because they have a heart for marriage unlike any other two people I've ever been around. They have such a passion for seeing couples not just survive in marriage but thrive in it. And they, have been, they do all our premarital counseling and all our marital counseling, and they sit across from people like y'all all the time. And we just couldn't finish this series without them sharing their heart with you. And so... Would you lean in and give them the respect and attention that I know you would me as they come to share from their hearts today? Would you welcome my friends, Chris and Nikki Foster, to the platform today? Well, good morning, church. Before we even dive into anything that we feel like the Lord has placed on our hearts today, I want to address a couple of groups of people in the room today, and that's uh, single people, people that think you have a great marriage, and people that maybe aren't quite sure, and you don't, not really sure where you find yourself. Stay with us this morning, okay, church? Stay with us, because we really believe in our hearts that this word that God has impressed upon us is something that is relevant to everybody in this room. Maybe you're married, maybe you're not. Maybe you don't think you'll ever be married. It doesn't matter because the idea of marriage between a man and a woman is the closest representation that we have to represent what Christ's relationship is with his bride, the church. Amen? Right, and so that's relevant to all of us because we can glean from his word things that he speaks about marriage between a man and a woman and that's relevant to our lives, regardless of where you are or how old you are. Matt made reference a couple of weeks ago to, if you're single, you have a chance to get it right. 
we echo that more times than we could even say out loud. It's so true to be armed with the word of God and the truth of his word and to understand that in a way that before you were to even enter into a marriage um, is powerful. So this morning, we just wanted to start off by saying that, just to let you know, please stay with us this morning, um, regardless of who you are and what situation or what phase of life you're in. And then before we dive in even further to the word, I just want to take a moment to pray. And I, I just feel it impressed upon my own heart this morning that I know every single Sunday or every single Monday night when people walk into this room, life is hard. And there are things that are going on in your life that probably are filling up your mind right now. Um, It's not that your heart's in the wrong place, but you're just overwhelmed by the stress and the things that are going on in your life. I know it's true because I've, I've been in that situation myself many Sundays where I feel confused or worried or anxious about my life's situation or the circumstances of my marriage or of my job or stresses of being a parent, all those things. And so as I pray here in just a second, I don't even care if you listen to the words that I say as I'm praying out loud. I I just ask that each of you would just spend a moment with God and just clear your heart. If you have unresolved sin or frustrations in your own mind, you might not have time to reconcile that with every single person in your life right now, but you can get right with God this morning. And you can have an opportunity this morning to just clear your mind and clear your spirit and hear from the word that God has for you today. So let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for the gift of the local church. And Lord, every time we gather, it is such a blessing, but Lord, we also know that life can be hard, and there could be things we carried into this room this morning that are weighing us down, but God, I just pray right now over every person in this room and every person in this building that they would just have time right now to get right with you. Lord, whatever unconfessed sin or whatever heartache or struggle they're carrying right now, God, I just pray that they would get right with you. Lord, as Nikki and I have the opportunity to share your word today and the truth from it, God, just give us wisdom. Let our church family see our heart for marriage and how important it is. Lord, be in our midst today. God, we give you praise for who you are in Christ's name. Amen. My wife tells me all the time that when I talk a lot, I need to take a drink. And so even whether I had to take one or not, I'm self-conscious about it because I don't want my wife to like think I can't speak or can't get the words out because I need a drink of water. So just bear with me while I do that a couple times or 20 this morning. Graham, wherever you are, I probably need like a big liter bottle somewhere so you can set that back behind my chair later. Okay, anyway. Um, So when Matt asked us to share and when he asked us to kind of put a bow on the idea of this marriage series He asked us, too, that we would kind of go back through each of the three weeks, not point by point, you know, not to do a recap like that. If you guys were here, you know, Matt and then Jasmine delivered that better than we could recap it. But he asked us just to pull some things from those sermons that resonated with us and some things that were on our heart for things that we see, uh, whether it's counseling or just in spending time with other couples and life group or whatever it might be. And so that's what we're going to do this morning a little bit before we share a new word with you that the Lord has given us. And so a couple of weeks back when we started this series, Matt started by talking about Jesus defined 
Jesus-driven and Jesus-dependent. And as he was going over those points in the sermon, when he got to Jesus-dependent, that one right there, that last one you see on the screen, that really resonated with me because when we meet with couples, a lot of times I feel like couples, not 100% of the time, but a lot of times, they get Jesus-defined. They understand what that means from a biblical perspective. They understand Jesus-driven. They know that, they, that Jesus is something that they want in their life, and they want to have a relationship with him. We've been fortunate so far not to meet with any couple that walked in and said, you know, my spouse has caused me to, you know, give up on Jesus. We haven't, hopefully nobody's in that situation, but we haven't faced that yet. But what we do face a lot of times is that dependency on Jesus. A lot of times we see that waver. A lot of times we meet with couples that have gone through a lot of things, and they're, by the time they get to meet with us, they're already in a tough spot. So that Jesus dependence is something we want to talk about today, and that's applicable to all of us. Every single day that we get up and live our lives, we need to be dependent upon him. And we see a lot of couples, a lot of people, even in our own church family, some of you maybe that are even sitting in this room right now that have struggled with that. Um, So we hope that we have some words today that will encourage you and allow you to be more dependent on him. But we also understand that that has to come with a firm foundation in who he is. And everybody didn't grow up in church. Everybody doesn't have that foundation to understand what the truth of God's word is. And that's part of what we're here to help with, is to provide some resources to be able to put in your hands if you need it, or if you come to us and say you want to learn more. We want to be able to support you in that way. And then in week two of the series, Matt said a lot more good stuff, but once again, there's a couple things that really stuck out to me and really resonated And I'm going to share that stuff from week two, and then Nikki's going to share about week three and some other stuff. But Matt said one particular thing in week two where he talked about oftentimes people struggle in marriage because they're insecure, immature, or unhealthy. And again, just like in week one, when Matt said that thing about Jesus-dependent, it really just resonated in my spirit immediately. The same thing happened with these three things you see on the screen right here. A lot of times, struggles that people are having when they come to us and want to talk have to do with they're in an unhealthy place, but a lot of times it's because of insecurity and immaturity. And the thing that we love being able to counsel and meet with couples, it is, a, it is a honor and it is a privilege to get to do it. If there's one thing that probably discourages us or frustrates us the most, it's that people walk in and they want to talk, but they've waited so long because of insecurity or immaturity or being in an unhealthy marriage, they've waited so long that it's so hard. And the whole title of this whole series is called By a Thread. And a lot of times we meet with people and we feel like that's where their marriage is. But when the marriage knot starts to fray a little bit, if you'll do something about it then, if you'll, if you'll speak up, if you'll say, I want to learn, I want to grow, you have a lot better chance of being able to restore your marriage to a healthy place than if you wait until you're hanging on by a thread. And so I'll put it to you like this. If, if you woke up in the morning and your foot was hurting and you get out of bed and you put your feet on the floor and you say, oh, you know, my foot hurts a little bit, but you go about your day and you think, I'll be all right. And then you wake up the next morning, it's not any better, but you still don't do anything about it. You don't tell anybody, you don't take any medicine, you don't go to the doctor, none of that. And then a week goes by, and now it's swollen and tender to touch your foot, and you, you can't walk very well, but you say, ah, it'll be okay, it'll be all right, just, 
It'll probably get better. Then another week goes by. Now the pain is unbearable, and you go to the ER, and they tell you, oh my gosh, you have a terrible infection, and we're going to have to amputate your leg. And the doctor would say to you, why did you wait so long? Why did you wait so long to come and, and tell somebody that your foot was hurting? I feel like that's what people do with their marriages. They wait so long to speak up. I don't know because if it's pride, shame, I don't know what the reasons are that people think they can figure it all out on their own. But church, we're, we're here and we're pleading with you. Like, say something. Like, speak up. Like, share something if there's something going on. It doesn't have to be Nikki and I. It can be anyone. Find somebody just to share with. Also, I don't understand why people struggle with asking for help in that area. If you're out of shape and you want to get healthy, you go to the gym. Are you afraid to tell people, I'm going to go to the gym and try to get healthy? No. You usually tell everybody and people pat you on the back and say, good for you, great job, you're taking care of yourself. We're proud of you. You can do it. But for some reason, with marriage, if you say, yeah, we're, we're trying to do better at marriage, oh, snap, like, their marriage is in trouble. Man, they're asking for help? I can't believe that. Oh, man, we better pray for them. They're probably in a bad spot. Like, seriously, church, why is that? Like, I don't know, but it's true, right? For some reason, that culture exists. I don't know if it's our society, if it's just church culture or what. But, folks, you, we can't do it on our own. I mean, we don't do that with other aspects of our lives. So, Let's help set a healthy culture in our church and in our community to where wanting to get better at your marriage, wanting to grow, wanting to learn more about marriage is good. That's a good thing. And we're here to help with that. We don't have all the answers. We don't have it all figured out. But we care about it. And we can get there together. And we can learn from God's word. And we can grow. Nikki and I can grow. And you can grow. And we can do it together. So, amen. So week three is where we pick up now. Jasmine did a great job of talking about how in our marriages so many times we hide from one another and we hide from God. And I just want to pick up there a little bit today because that last week really resonated with me and with, with my marriage and my relationship with Chris. But let me look at a scripture real quick. Jeremiah 17, 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I just want to go a little further with her concept because what I see in marriage is a lot of times, it's not that we just hide from one another and it's not that we just hide from God, but sometimes we even hide from ourselves and we don't even know what's going on and our hearts confuse us and Satan uses our emotions, our feelings, all of these things to get us to a place of confusion. I want to, I want to share a little bit about a story that Chris and I experienced because first of all, I don't want you to ever think that we don't have issues in our marriage at times and that we haven't struggled because in the struggle is sometimes where we learn the most. Probably a few of you have heard this story just through different times that we've talked to you, but about five years ago in our marriage, Chris and I were in a rough place. Uh, he was in a super, super demanding job. I had a newborn, a three-year-old, and a six-year-old, so anyone out there that's a mom, you know that life was a little crazy. And I started finding myself feeling extremely just angry all the time. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Um, I was starting to see distance between Chris and I. And I was starting to just feel 
not the same connection to him that I always had. And it was just time and time again, I was like, what is going on? But I, I really was trying to deceive myself. I was really in this mentality because Chris really loved his job. And I was really in this mentality that I need to be a supportive wife. I need to support him in what he's doing. I, need to, I don't need to be telling him this or that or whatever. So I was hiding it from myself. I was hiding it from him and I was hiding it from God. Through the course of time, it wasn't that we didn't love God. It wasn't that we didn't love each other, but we just started kind of being mediocre. We were just okay. We were just existing. Sometimes I think that's what happens in marriages when we start to fray. It's not an intentional thing. It's not that there's already always been this like automatic wrong that's been done that's the launching point. Sometimes that's what happened, but in a lot of situations, it's gradual over the course of time, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds. A couple years, about a year went by, and we just weren't in a good place. And Chris came home unexpectedly one day, and he said he lost his job. Out of the blue, didn't see it coming, totally rocked our worlds a little bit. But I got to say, I was a little bit relieved. And it took me a couple of days to process that because I was scared to even tell him that. I didn't want to share to him that, hallelujah, like we can move on and, and do something different. But I remember very clearly sitting in his bedroom at his parents' house a couple of days after he lost his job. And being able to, like, finally pour out my heart to him and say, you know what, I was pretty much, this was a miserable existence, and this is where I've been, and this is what I'm doing. And it was really funny because he kind of started sharing the same sentiments with me. This wasn't as great as everyone else thought it was. This wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And (laughs) I love how much God loves us because That was a situation in our lives that unless God had taken that out of our lives, I don't really know what would have happened in our relationship. I don't even know where we would be right now, but I know that God loved us enough to kind of get us back on course and to kind of direct us in a new way. And it opened the communication lines for us again. And so now, if y'all know me, I don't really have a hard time like telling my opinions about things. So, you know, now the communication between us is, is really good, but it took a lot of time and it, and it took going through something like that for us to really realize that we needed to connect in a way like that. One thing I learned in that time, more than anything, was that it cannot be about my list and my obligations and who I am in my role as a wife. I can't put a laundry list of things up. Because when I do that, I, I start to feel all the things that he's not doing or all the things that I did and he didn't do. It can't be about my role in, in all of those things. So ladies, I want to talk to you specifically for a minute because we are the, we are the worst at this. Let's look at another verse. Acts 17, 28. It says, in him we live and move and have our being. One thing I've learned about being a wife and a mom is at times it's 
in my husband, I live and move and have my being. Or it's in my children, I live and move and have my being. And if anything besides Christ in him, if, if, if anything else fills that blank, then I'm getting it wrong. And that's where we start to see things unravel because we're placing things in our lives in the wrong order. And we're getting it wrong. We're, we're, we're saying that my husband is going to fill that void for me, that my husband is going to be the source of my strength. My husband is going to be the one that fills me up. And when we do that, our husband, he's going to crumble under that pressure. He cannot be God in our lives. That cannot happen. So if Jesus isn't the source, if that's not who I'm going to, then we're already going to have troubles. <clears throat> One thing I said, another verse, Romans 1.25. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. That's what we do sometimes. We get so wrapped up in who we are and in our roles and our obligations, and it can't be about that. I have a question I want to pose to, to all of you, ladies, but to, to all of us. Does your love for your spouse deepen or diminish your love for God? So many times when we are putting it in the wrong order, it's going to take away from our, our ability to be with one with God. And not just about, we have a picture of Christ in the church and that should draw us, but I need a deeper relationship with God in my marriage because if I don't have that, then I'm gonna get it wrong. Like marriage is one of the things in my life that God uses to draw me closer to him because without God, I can't do it right. And I get, it's what draws me to my knees so many times because in my marriage, that's when I see things like selfishness and pride. And we could talk about all day about all the things that impact our marriages and impact our relationships. But if, but if my marriage is not a source of drawing me deeper to Christ, then I'm not getting it in the right order. <clears throat> the other thing I've learned through marriage and that we see all the time is that when I'm not filling myself up with God, when Chris and I have a bad encounter, when we have a difficult conversation that we have to have, if all I've been filling my heart and life and mind and soul with is my responsibilities, my obligations, my checklists, my role, all the good things that I did to make our home successful, if I'm filling that with in my heart and my mind, then what's gonna come out when we have a difficult exchange and I said this a little bit earlier, but what's going to come out is all the things he didn't do and all the things I did do and all the expectations that he didn't meet and all the things that I think I did right. That's what's going to come out. But when I am going to the source, when I'm going to God for my strength and I'm filled with things of him, then when I have a difficult encounter with him, those are the things that are going to flow out of me. But it has to be he has to be my source. And so many times, we get it wrong. Newsflash. Sometimes we meet with couples, and I know some of you have heard this before, but within the first three minutes of us having a conversation, they say, he just doesn't make me happy anymore. 
like I said before, some of you have heard this, but marriage isn't about making you happy. It's about making you holy. (laughs) It's not about you and it's not about your happiness. And so we sometimes get that mixed up. I want to read one more verse that says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you are going to God for the source, then it doesn't matter what your husband does. It doesn't matter if your expectations are met. It doesn't matter if he's meeting your need because you can be filled up with God. If you are empty, all you're going to have to give back to your spouse is nothing. But if you're filled with God and you're letting him be the source of your strength and the source of your joy, then you're going to be able to share, you're going to be able to have that no matter what's happening in your marriage. So it's not about happiness, it's about joy. On the topic of happiness versus joy, I know that something that if you're in this room right now and you've ever found yourself asking that question, you're probably pretty offended right now, uh, but we're okay with that. Uh, because we think speaking the truth from God's word is more important than our feelings and more important than our emotions. And if we were only here to pat you on the back and validate your feelings and send you on your way towards divorce, then, you know, you're at the wrong church. So, (laughs) you know, just, yeah. (laughs) And sadly, we see that reflected in the hearts and the attitudes of a lot of folks that we meet with. And I want to share some stats with you real quick that I think are... Uh, reflected in that. And before we put the stats up on the screen, for those of you that are familiar with the George Barna group, they do a lot of research uh, on Christians and and Christians versus uh, secular society. Um, Very well-respected organization in in the polling area and in statistics and surveys. And so George Barna always has great stats on marriage. And so uh, the first number um, that you can go ahead and put up on the screen is the number 32%. So 32%, 32%, you say, what does that mean? Okay, what does that represent for what he's saying? That represents the amount of adult, adults in America that claim to be born-again Christians, okay? Live in America, adult, born-again Christians that say they have been divorced. 32%. Not good, but just stick with me for a second. 33%. Adults that live in America that do not identify as born-again Christians, 33%. 37%, the amount of adults in America who say they have been divorced, 37%, who identify as atheist. Let that just soak in for a second. 32% of born-again Christians in America say they've been divorced. 33% of people who do not identify as born again, could have different faiths, whatever. 33% say they've been divorced. 37% of adults in America who identify as atheists have been divorced. Now, before I try to explain why I think that is, a lot of you also hear a stat that the divorce rate is about 50% in America, and that is true. And Barna also addresses that in this survey. The sad reality of that is, that that number is so high because people have been divorced multiple times. So of the 33 or 34% of the general population that's been divorced, like 25% of those have been divorced two times or more. So that's where you hear that number of 50%. But 32%, that's people 
that have been divorced at least one time that are born-again believers. So when I looked at these numbers, I, it really kind of confused me for a second. And I said to myself, why? Why? If, if the truth of God's word is what it is, and if we have this incredible model on how to live our lives in a way that honors God and we can have a successful marriage, people that identify as atheists, and for those of you that might not know or don't hear that term a lot, those are people that believe God does not exist. So they have no sense of morality, no sense of sin as a thing at all. They, and they live their life at the same divorce rate, basically, as people that claim to be born-again Christians in America. Something's not right about that. And so I feel like I know a huge reason why. And the sad reality is also reflected when we talk to folks that people don't treat their marriage any differently than an atheist does. What is a marriage to an atheist? Seriously, what is a marriage to them? It is a mutually and legally beneficial arrangement between two people for some type of benefit, whether that is, you know, tax status or visitation rights at the hospital or insurance, whatever, whatever they see as the reason to get married, they're getting divorced at basically the same rate as people that say, we believe the Bible. And so I feel like that we have bought into society's lie that marriage is a legally beneficial agreement between two people and not a lifelong covenant between a man, a woman, and an almighty God. In church, that's where I feel like we're getting it wrong. And there are a lot of people in this room that are getting it right. So please know that we see that a lot too, and we're excited and we're encouraged by that. We're encouraged when we meet with folks and they say, we love Jesus, but we want our marriage to be better. We love Jesus. We want to take our marriage to the next level. We're excited about that. We're excited to meet with people that want to get married to try to give them the tools and resources to be able to say, here's how you can have a successful marriage. Not because Chris and Nikki, it's not like Chris and Nikki's advice line or helpline. You call us and we give you tips like Dr. Phil. Like, that's not what we do. Like, we point people to the word. We point people to the truth. And we want to come along beside of you as your local church and hand in hand say, we're going to help you get there together. I think we oftentimes take our vows too lightly. And I think that's, in those stats, that's what you see. And Nikki addressed the ladies a moment ago. All right, all right, guys, it's our turn. Like, it's time to get real, right? Like, you can stand up here on this stage, and we, we could try to say a word that would encourage you and let you walk out the door with a smile on your face. And maybe, hopefully, you will, but it's not why we're here. Guys, I know it. You know it. Ladies, you know it. I'm getting ready to say something that we all know. Men, it's time to step up. It's time to step up for our families, for our marriages, for our kids. A few minutes before the service started this morning, Matt came up to Nikki and I and he said, I just feel it on my heart. I want you to say what you feel like you need to say, regardless of what's in your notes. And I think I have some other things written down right there. But at this point, we're going to have church, all right, people? All right, we're going to have some church this morning. And it, here's the reality of the situation. Men, we got to step it up. Everything in our lives depends on it. Everything. Do you want to have a terrible marriage? Do you want to be a terrible husband? Do you want to just go through life like being tossed by the waves? Like, is that really what you want for yourself and for your family? Like, we meet with people whose marriages are on the rocks, and it is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. 
There are kids involved. There are people's lives that are being ruined. People that have nothing. People that lose everything because of divorce. And I know horrible things happen. And I know we can get into all that about justification for separating and justification for divorce and all that. Yes, the Bible addresses those things. But it doesn't have to be that way. We have an opportunity as a church family to say, we're going to take our, as men, we're going to take our vows seriously. We're going to take care of our wives. We're going to raise our children in a way that honors God. We're going to listen to the word. Matt said in the first week of this series that if you, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, that you must deny yourself and take up your cross. Man, it's time to do that. I don't care how she makes you feel. I don't care that you're not happy. Like, if you choose Jesus, it's not about that anymore. It's not about your happiness. It's not about what you want. It's not what about makes you feel good. And yes, we all have weak moments, and we all have times where we feel like it's not fair because we're not getting what we want out of this life or whatever. But the reality is, if you love Jesus, it can't be about that. The old is gone. And if you want to put on the new creation that you are in Christ, you have to put that in the past. You have to put that in the rear view. And the last verse I'll say is, it really boils down to this, because we could sit here and we could talk about pride and infidelity and all these things that lead to divorce, you know, stresses, finances, all these things. But the reality is, Matt also said this in week one of the series, and this was also a verse that resonated with me. And it's when Jesus said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Guys, we got to do it. If you claim Jesus, you got to obey his teaching. You got to deny yourself and take up your cross. That's what we got to do. And if you're not married or you don't think you'll ever be married, use this as an opportunity to learn about what God's word says. Be an encouragement to your married friends. If marriage maybe isn't the cards for you, pray right now. Lord, help me get it right. Help me understand what marriage really is through your eyes before I ever walk down the aisle and and make those vows to another person. But right now, as this service is starting to conclude, it's time for us to really self-evaluate. And right now, as we have that opportunity to take a moment, in a second, I'm going to pray. We're going to sing a song. But really, I want you to view this as a time of commitment. I want you, if you're married or you want to be married or you want to be a better spouse or a better friend to your married friends, whatever the case might be, we're going to have a time where you can come down front, you can pray, you can pray for your marriage, you can pray for your friend's marriage, you can sit right there in your seat and pray. I don't really care because that's between you and God. It's not just the men, it's the ladies, it's everybody. But men, specifically, I want you to really check within your spirit right now. Check within your heart. Like, what do you believe? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep floundering? Or are you just going to keep going through life in this way that it's not what you intended, it's not how you set out to be? Or are you going to get real? Are you going to follow Jesus? Are you going to take up your cross? Are you going to follow him? So in just a moment, the band's going to come out here. They're going to start to play. I'm going to pray, and then it's decision time for you guys. You can sit right there in your seat. You can come down front. Even if you have a good marriage and you want to have a better marriage, if you want to solidify that, if you want to grow in your marriage, if you want to say, I have a pretty good marriage, but we want to learn how to be better, or I have a great marriage and God's placed it on our heart that we want to come and we want to help other couples learn, and we want to mentor a couple, and we want to do something like that. So that's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to pray then we're going to sing, and then you're going to have the opportunity to come down front, and you do whatever decision that that needs made. Nikki and I are going to be here afterwards. We're going to be out front. We'll be able to talk to people. We'll be able to share with you. We can follow up with you later, set up a time to meet. That's what we're here for. Your church loves you. Your church is here for you. Let's pray.
Father God, we love you so much. And we thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak and to share your word. God, we believe in the truth of your word. We believe that there is a blueprint there that will help us in our marriages, that will help us grow. We believe that, God. And right now, as we stand in this place together, God, we just plead with you. We plead with you, God. Impress it upon the hearts of your people in this room this morning, in this place. God, let them see the value in investing in their marriages. Let them see the value in what it means to be able to be a better husband, to be a better follower of Christ. God, we need it. It's our plea as, our, as your church this morning, God. Let your people in this place see it today. Let them see how much that matters. And let them commit to that today. God, whether they come down front and pray at the altar or whether they just spend time with you right now in their hearts and in their spirit, God, please let it happen. Please rain down your spirit upon this place. Every person that's in this room, God, let them wrestle with that question right now of what am I gonna do about my marriage? How am I gonna view marriage? How am I gonna commit to marriage? And those people that are struggling today, God, we just pray that they will see and they will know that there is a church family that loves them. God, you have blessed us in such mighty, mighty ways to be able to serve this community and to be a church family that wants to inspire others to live in love like Jesus. And Lord, help those to see that today. We love you, Lord. I pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. Stay connected with what's happening at Vintage by downloading the Vintage Church app, where you have access to sermon notes, upcoming events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to connect in community. You'll also have access to our deeper podcast, which is a conversational deep dive into the message from the weekend. We hope you join us again soon.